What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes. Welcome back, everyone. Happy hashtag TDH Tuesday. <laughs> it's a great Tuesday because we have a very special guest on today. You want to tell tell our friends about her, Kylie? Oh, I sure do. Um, So you have probably seen her house remodeling content on your For You page on TikTok or on other platforms like YouTube where she just so happened to be trending. <laughs> um, But before she was you know, the queen of interior design TikTok. She was our friend and the cover artist for our podcast. So we are having our friend Emily on today. Emily redid her parents' house and she filmed it all on TikTok and uh, posted updates to it. And now she's posting to her YouTube page more in-depth tutorials on exactly how she did it. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about that, the process that went into it, what it was like to blow up on TikTok and then consequently YouTube. Well, yeah, when we say blow up, we mean like blow up. Like she has 3 million followers on TikTok, you guys. So And she gained those followers in like 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah. So like this girl went viral. So it was really fun talking to her and getting a sense for how that is behind the scenes. Um, And just really fun to catch up with an old friend because she is an old friend of ours. So I think you guys will really love this episode. Yeah, for sure. Also, today is an exciting day for us because we reached a thousand downloads for the show. And, you know, obviously that's probably just the beginning of what we hope the show will turn into. And the numbers don't really matter. They're such a small part of what we do, Mm -hmm. but it is validating to know that you guys are enjoying our content so far. So thank you for getting us there and for listening. It's very validating to see that you guys are enjoying it because I think we, I actually know, I know we are enjoying making it. Um, And yeah, we can't wait to to keep going, keep giving you the content. Indeed. Um, so let's hop into our segments. So for my week in review, I thought I would start it off with a little, a little anecdote and a quote. So today, um, so I'm running these monthly events for my nine to five. Um, and I had a speaker for August's event fall through. So I've been, uh, doing some research and, you know, trying to email some alternative speakers to fill that place. And I emailed this guy and it was just so funny because he got back to me really quick. He got back to me like five minutes later in response to my invitation to speak at this event. And he said, at this point, life is too full. So I guess not for a while. And (laughs) I just, I just thought that was such a nice, sweet, adorable way to reject someone. (laughs) And I just really want to include that in my vocab from now on. So I guess, you know, speaking of life being too full, I'm wondering, I'm posing a question. How do we feel about this kind of like forced virtual social time at work? Because obviously, like you're not seeing people in person and that social aspect of work is so important, at least for, you know, the type of environment that I work in. So we do have a lot of like virtual networking, virtual happy hours, all these things. But I I just want to know, like, collectively, are we are we tired of this? Are we fatigued? Or like, are we still having fun? Because, you know, I kind of know how I feel. But I'm just trying to get the feedback from other people because I know a lot of work goes into like coordinating this stuff. But I just kind of feel like we're all a little over it. Like it's summer. It's a little tough to like be in front of the computer Mm -hmm. all day and then like grab your wine at 6pm and then also stay in front of the computer. So just like reply tweet, let me know what you think. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I just, I just want to know how everyone feels. Yeah. I know I personally, I'm working an internship. I've only been working it for five weeks now. So I, on the side of no, I'm not fatigued by it. But obviously, I've only been doing it for five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I like the people that I work with. I work at a small company. Um, so I feel like our happy hours are very contained in the sense of it's not like, a hundred people yeah there's only like 30 of us and I feel like that's really manageable and my boss actually is the one that kind of coordinates them and she does a really good job we play like a game every time and just catch up with each other um so I I do like it ours is also during the work day it was scheduled to be four to five so that it's technically during the work day which I really appreciate I'm sure everyone else at the company really appreciates because it's kind of like okay cool my last hour of work I just get to socialize (laughs) no totally see I feel like it's a little different for me because I'm attending these like industry events that have to happen Uh after everyone's work day so that people can like collectively get together and network and stuff Mm -hmm. and they're like super fun events in person and I can't wait to eventually be able to attend them because they're like pretty well known and Mm -hmm. you know it's, it's a good opportunity to attend but with it virtual it's just kind of like everyone's just so tired from looking at a screen and yeah just yeah just it's summer I don't know I'm just trying to get the collective opinion yeah. on this to see if get it's something that I should be planning because I want to know how everyone feels. But what about you? Yeah. What about you this week? So this week we have some sad news, some sad, but unsurprising. What's the phrase? It's like, I'm disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> like that. Um, so my graduation, I don't know if I've mentioned that it was postponed. It was originally postponed. It was supposed to be August 23rd I want to say and it was officially canceled is anyone surprised no August 23rd is actually um exactly a month from when we're recording this Mm -hmm. um and like there's just no way that we would be able to hold a like 7,000 person graduation in the DCU center in Worcester so not at all surprised I was expecting it also the 23rd is the day before I start law school and I was saying to my parents how even if by some miracle or whatever we were able to have the graduation it obviously would have had to abide by social distancing protocols wearing a mask staying six feet away from people like lord only knows how we would do walking across the stage and like the handshake in air quotes obviously like we couldn't touch it just would be such a weird day and i would even venture to say that it would probably be a stressful day because you're just Mm -hmm. so focused on like keeping yourself safe that I don't think it would have been enjoyable at all just for me to say like okay cool like I walked across the stage and got my diploma um and having law school start literally the day afterwards like I'm kind of like okay it is what it is I know you know people are definitely upset about graduations canceled I know that I'm in a fortunate position where like I'm just getting this news now because a lot of people got it like literally back in March schools were just like like, me yeah (laughs) so I understand how fortunate I am and I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful by just saying like whatever like I expected it or anything like that because I'm very grateful that my school like literally bent over backwards to try to make this work for us and they still are like they're still trying to plan something for the spring Mm -hmm. of next year of 2021 which like is so um validating let's use it again (laughs) it's so validating uh to know that like the school that I chose to attend like cared so much about us in return if that makes sense but at the same time I think that it's reasonable for me to be like it wasn't going to be the way that it was supposed to be anyways and I'd rather either not have it or wait to have it 
and have it be as normal as it possibly can be than like go through the stress of doing like a makeshift one. So yeah, I feel like I don't know if like other class of 2020 grads would relate to this, but I unfortunately almost feel like I'm already at the point where I don't really care. Like I, even though it's only like two months delayed or, you know, almost three months delayed right now, like I just feel like the idea of like graduation already feels very far gone in my mind. And like, while I would love to have a ceremony, I just think the longer and longer we wait, the less worthwhile it's going to feel. And I don't know. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I could still say that I was hopeful and excited for one. But at this point, I just don't really see it playing out normally, like for a very long time. So yeah, not surprised. But of course, I'm sorry about that officially becoming true. It's okay, pal. But I agree. It's kind of like we it it is what it is, you know? It is what it is. <laughs> it be like that sometimes. I think we've it all had like enough. That. Yeah, like we've all just had enough time to like sit with it and like realize that this is just kind of the reality. And I mean, granted, I hopefully crossing my fingers that I will get another graduation through law school. I'm trying not to like say that definitely because I said that I was definitely going to have a graduation for college and <laughs> we all see yeah. how that worked out. But hopefully I'll get a second go around and that one will be even more blood, sweat, and tears put into that uh, Definitely. Degree. And I don't even, to be honest, I don't know of one school in our like general region that's having graduation. So Me definitely neither. not groundbreaking news here. No, um, not at all. But unfortunate nonetheless. Yeah, for sure. Let's hop into our favorites. So my favorite this week is something that I managed to sleep on for like two full years and it's Casey Musgraves Golden Hour album. I know that this is like not news at all, but I recently discovered her and I really, really love that album, especially this time of year. I just feel like it's such a vibe. So some favorites that I would recommend in order are Golden Hour itself. High Horse, Space Cowboy, and Velvet Elvis. And I know she's technically considered a country singer, but mm-hmm. to be honest, I get more of this like vintage, low-key, kind of folksy, western Lana Del Rey vibes also. Like she really doesn't – she's not like Carrie Underwood country by any means. She's like sure. much more – it's a, like a much more kind of like refined taste at the country aspect. It's It really strikes me as like western in a way. Like I think she has a really cool like – kind of like Wild West deserty vibe to her in a way. So definitely recommend checking her out if you're not already listening. Yeah, I've honestly haven't gotten into her mainly because she is referred to as a country artist and I am not the biggest country fan in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, so my favorite is, Ani thinks this is weird, but I am passionate about these. It is the Beyond Sausage Lynx. So, like, Mm -hmm. they look like sausages. And I've just been having these a lot recently because, you know, it's summer. It's grilling season. My family's been doing a lot of grilling. And as I think we've mentioned on the podcast before, Anya and I are resident vegetarians. So, there's no meat happening over here on our dinner plates. Um, But, yeah. So, obviously, when families are grilling, my family – no one else in my family is vegetarian. So, they cook their little meats. I would normally do, like, a veggie burger. Like, I'm totally fine with that. But then – these sausage links, I saw them in my grocery store and I was like, that sounds like it would be pretty good on the grill. And it sure as heck is. So I like the hot Italian. It has a little spice to it. 
There's also a sweet one if you're not a spicy gal. But my dad and my brother also really likes these sausages. Um, and like I said, they don't, they're not vegetarian. So if you're a veg and you want to get your family to eat, you know, more plant-based meals, turn them on to this sausage. They're going to like it. It's really yeah. good. It's what we had like a couple weekends ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, is really good. I think Beyond in general is like the most realistic mock yeah, meat brand in my opinion. I agree. So if you, you know, are typically eating meat and you kind of want to like transition or just like try something, you don't even have to transition. Yeah. If you just want to try something, I think it's like the most realistic replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, let's hop into our interview. Yes. So we are excited to move into our main segment this episode because we actually have our podcast cover artist on the show with us. Um, So yeah, so she was really our first supporter and I'm pretty sure the first person that we ever told that we were planning to start a podcast with. So she was in the know before Two Degrees Hotter was really even a thing. So yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm sure... Two Degrees Hotter podcast cover artist would be at the very bottom of her long list of credentials these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to welcome our good friend Emily to the pod. You may know her from TikTok. Um, so we're really excited to talk to her today about kind of how her post-grad plans got turned upside down by this great idea and kind of her newfound internet fame. Um, for some context, she got Famous basically overnight. So um, she now has over 3 million followers on TikTok, close to a million followers on or subscribers on YouTube. And she was on the top 10 trending page with her reveal video. And if you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry, we'll dive into it a little more. But yeah, hey, Emily, welcome to the show. Hey, <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. It's like crazy that all of this is happening now and like that you guys have a podcast. It's super exciting. I'm so happy for you and I'm super excited about the brand as well. It was so fun to work on your podcast art and yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because we told Emily that we had like a couple ideas of what we wanted. Like we were like, okay, mm-hmm. we kind of like this like cartoony look, like we like this retro look. And she came back with like how many options? Like 20? Like plus. <laughs> yeah, literally like 20 and Anya and I went through them and we were like, she – nailed it like Like, exactly what we were looking for (laughs) she was like here you go on a silver platter it was crazy so yeah and uh, like we said she got uh she went viral overnight really but it's so so well deserved because she's so talented and we'll get into that in the episode but yeah yes you might be wondering how do you guys know each other in the first place so (laughs) we'll tell you um we used to all dance together back in the day so we spent a hell of a lot of time together isn't that right guys oh yeah known known you guys since i was basically in diapers so (laughs) legit and we spent lord only knows how many hours we've spent together (laughs) the day i know seriously uh we definitely went through like all of our awkward stages and like terrible (laughs) photo edits and like a whole lot like Um, yeah but mm-hmm. I was trying to think if we had any, like, funny dance memories that we could kick it off with. I know we didn't talk about this before, but does anyone have any that come to mind? I used to call Kylie Alfonso growing up. <laughs> I don't know why. But... <laughs> I suppressed that in memory. my memory. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because I know that that happened, but I, I didn't acknowledge that that happened until this very moment. Yeah, we all had things <laughs> for each other. I was Dumbo. Yeah, you were Dumbo. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, I don't know why, why we did that. You definitely you were sloth on you. but this was okay to give context we were literally what like 12 or 13 like we weren't like 16 years old calling each other Dumbo and Alphonse yeah and I remember there was like lots of photo edits involved like what was that like Like, what was that website everyone used to use with the text was it pick monkey yeah pick monkey yeah so we would like I get so many cringy Facebook memories with like pick monkey like edited (laughs) with our nicknames and all that it's so bad and my Yikes. eyeliner only on the bottom, Alfonso. <laughs> ready, to, <laughs> ready to steal your man. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah. Wow. That was, like, deep in my memory. <laughs> in the archives. <laughs> so, moving as far away from that as possible. Um, no, I'm totally kidding. So, I guess, starting out on TikTok, what... Um, what is the series that you did and why did you decide to start doing it for anyone that isn't familiar with your series? Yeah, so I actually started on TikTok not for home renovations or anything. I was a peer tutor when I was at school and with the whole pandemic and everything, I couldn't really be in contact with them anymore and like we could do Zooms and stuff, but it was just really difficult. So a few of them were asking me the same questions over and over. So I actually started TikTok to post little computer tutorials and stuff. And when my parents were going away, like they do every year, they go stay with our family. I, well, technically my dad asked me if I would paint the walls for him while they were away. And I was like, well, if I'm going to paint the walls, can't I just do it all? And so They eventually agreed and they got excited about it. And then that was going to take up all of my time doing the renovation. So I decided to just start posting it on TikTok because that's all I had time for. And I didn't really want to stop posting on there because I had a lot of fun on there. And I definitely didn't expect what happened to happen. I had about 3,000 followers from my graphic design content when I posted my first house TikTok. And then from there, it just skyrocketed overnight and just kept on growing and growing. So that's basically how it happened. <laughs> Literally so crazy. Um, and I think you've mentioned in some of your content about how your parents were never super happy with the house. So it was mm-hmm. something you kind of wanted to do for them, right? Yeah, I kind of joke about it and say it's like the reason why I went into interior design because I grew up in that house. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Yeah, it's just always kind of been something that like they didn't have, like some people just don't prioritize their house as much as they probably should. So it just wouldn't really get kept up with and then nothing was really updated at all. And it kind of became a source of stress, definitely all the different tasks to take on that they didn't have the time or money to do. So I just decided that I could find ways to budget it and I took over. (laughs) It's funny that you talk about how like you started with can I paint the walls and like went from there (laughs) because if you haven't seen the reveal video yet you should definitely go watch it but in it your dad at the end was like I thought you were just painting the walls and meanwhile (laughs) their house is like brand new and beautiful and I just thought it was so so funny so now I understand where that comment came from. (laughs) I'm someone that like always went all out decorating even like temporary spaces. Like I almost feel like I was probably the opposite side of the spectrum from your parents where like I really prioritize and like value enjoying my surroundings and it's like Mm -hmm. so, so important to me. So I can definitely imagine like how having like a newfound appreciation for their space would be so valuable, especially like right now when people are spending so much more time at home. It's like Mm -hmm. so much more pleasant to be in like a comforting and 
cozy and like organized environment. So I can see why it was like a great time to initiate this project. Yeah. And it's definitely, I mean, a lot of the studies I did at school surrounded around like the human experience and stuff, but it's so important to not only enjoy the space that you're in, but just like grab inspiration from it. Especially like you said, if you're in your home all the time, if you're in a space that's either messy or just not something that you view as your own personal, like, I don't want to say brand, but just your own personal aesthetic, it can really take a toll on your mental health and it can really distract from you being able to flourish in other areas of your life like you should be able to. So it's really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, So now that you guys kind of have a sense for what the series that she was doing was, um, we're kind of curious if you could tell us a little bit more about what the remodeling process was like and kind of, I think everyone's asking the question of like, how much did your parents really know about what was happening (laughs) while they were gone? Yeah, the remodeling process was extremely tiring. I'm not sure how much everyone knows about it, but it was just me and Dylan working on the house. Um, We had towards the end, especially when we were in a time crunch, we had some different family members pitch in a little bit of their time to help us with the bigger projects that two people couldn't physically do. But for the most part, the entire month was just me and Dylan in this house, just working 24-7. It worked out perfectly since both of us were unemployed still (laughs) trying to get on our feet so we had the time and we just we would stay up all night um working on everything and I used to pull all-nighters all the time in college but it would be on my computer doing schoolwork so it's a totally different experience when you're doing manual labor 24-7 so it's definitely super tiring um we had to raise a lot of money to be able to get all of the work done as well because it was an extreme budget. So um, Facebook Marketplace was something that really, really helped. And I feel like I sound like I'm sponsored by them, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I just use them all the time. Um, And that also got pretty strenuous because we would be constantly selling and constantly buying new items on there. And people on there can be very frustrating. So that took a lot of our time as well. Um, trying to get things out and in as well. It was really fun though because me and Dylan have always joked about how we should start a business together because he was a business major and I was a design major and it just would work out so perfectly. So a lot of people just guess online that we're probably fed up with each other, but (laughs) we're not. We had a lot of fun together. We learned a lot about each other too, even though we've been together for like almost six years at this point. But it was definitely good to have him there to calm me down throughout it. And we actually got super silly when the sleep deprivation started to hit. So (laughs) it was definitely a fun time. And to answer about how much my parents knew, they knew about what we were selling. I've actually gotten a lot of comments that get angry about us selling their things. Um, But obviously I would not sell or get rid of anything that my parents didn't want me to. So Basically, how we would do it is I would gather up a whole bunch of stuff that I personally thought they should get rid of, and I would send them photos, and basically they would just respond to me telling me what to save or screenshotting it and drawing a little circle over things that I should save. And that's basically the bulk of what they knew. Other than that, my dad knew that we were going to do some work in the kitchen because I had to ask him for some contacts of people that were our friends that could help me with that. But otherwise, that's about it. They really didn't know anything. So 
it was all a big surprise for them when they came back. But obviously, I knew my parents. I knew what they liked. I knew their aesthetic and what they would be happy having. They gave me some requests as well that they wanted a bunch of bars and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's basically all they knew. <laughs> yeah, I was actually so curious when I was first, wa- first watching the video about what you did with all of the stuff from before because I almost feel like watching all of the items that got cleared out from the house like I feel like that in itself could take a month to like find a place to get rid of it all so yeah I was gonna ask if like you got a storage unit or something like I kind of thought you just like shoved it away somewhere for the time being um but you ended up selling some of it too yeah so that honestly was the longest part of all of it like the actual renovating did not take that long at all. It was probably the first two weeks we spent just cleaning and organizing. And then after that, we still had some stuff to go through throughout the entire month. We It was like down to the last day and we were still getting rid of some stuff. So it definitely took the whole time. Um, but yeah, we sold a whole lot of stuff. Any furniture that was gone was sold. Um, some of the smaller knickknacks that my mom didn't want to get rid of, we put, obviously we organized it nicely and compact with some bubble wrap and we put it up and we actually have a loft. So we put that stuff up there so that she can go through it um, and decide what she wants to keep. And so that's like any miscellaneous item that we didn't get rid of by either throwing it away or selling it. That's, it all ended up in our loft essentially. So that's where all that is. <laughs> nice. I, I will say I think that the kitchen is probably my favorite room that just as a quick a comment in the side because you were talking about how you um, used your dad for like contacts with that but definitely worth it because it came out so beautiful. The countertops are just shut yeah. They're so unique I feel like. Yeah. That was the I one thing that. that was out of my pay grade. I did not know how to plumb the kitchen sink back together so <laughs> I definitely yeah. had to call in some handiwork for that one but. Yeah, the it was so it was crazy. I knew that you could make kitchen countertops for inexpensive, but until I actually looked into it and saw the price difference, like to actually put in even just the cheapest countertop from like Home Depot or Lowe's in your kitchen was like almost a thousand dollars for a kitchen that size. But making the making it yourself out of a nice wood and some resin was actually like probably eighty dollars for us. So that was insane cost difference. Crazy. It's a really cool look also because yeah. I feel like granite countertops are like very expected and I don't know if that's what you were looking at. I assume probably not at that price <laughs> range, but in general, I feel like you walk into like any modern home and you can expect like a pretty generic looking countertop, but I feel like the one you guys have now is like so – it's very like boho. I'm like yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it adds some texture for sure. <laughs> yeah. Interior designers love that word. <laughs> I do. Love <laughs> So when you did blow up, what TikTok really took it off and what is it like to go viral on TikTok? Yeah, so um, the very first TikTok that I posted about the house was the first one that I guess you could say blow up. (laughs) It was, I was used to getting around a thousand views on each TikTok at the time and I posted it. I always post at night. So I posted it and I woke up the next morning and it was like at 100,000 views or something. I was like, this is insane. (laughs) I didn't expect this. And all the comments were pouring in and stuff like that. And it kind of stayed the same. My follower count kept growing, but it was basically the same views until I posted a recap video 
that just kind of detailed like, hi, I'm Emily, here's the house and what I'm doing. Here's some of the projects we've already done so far. And I think that one's almost at like 27 million views right now. It was absolutely insane. And ever since that, I, when I first posted that video, I hit a million followers, but it was actually like at like four in the morning or something. So I totally missed it. And throughout that entire day, by dinner time, when I went to go post a TikTok thanking everyone for a million followers, I had already hit two million followers. So that was like the most insane day of my life. <laughs> I was really not expecting any of that. We were just sitting there looking at TikTok all day, like, what is going on right now? This is, it was actually scary. Actually, <laughs> it was very <laughs> scary because we weren't used to it. And oh, I mean, obviously, there was hate comments and all sorts of stuff. And we were just like, what is going on? And I totally didn't know how to react, but it was also like super emotional because it's been like a hard time. I'm sure it's a hard time for everyone. I'm not going to get dramatic. I know that there's people going through so much more than I am, but like the pandemic and losing out on college and having like I had the dream internship position of my life and I thought that I was going to end up working there, but obviously the pandemic hit, so I couldn't. And it was definitely like a hard time for all of us. So seeing all of this success out of literally just TikTok was really crazy and we were actually really emotional about it. So well I'm glad you touched on that side of it because I think having such a positive while it can be scary when it's happening, but like such a positive thing happen among all this chaos because people are spending more time online. Mm -hmm. Um I can imagine that would be like very gratifying to like see your work recognized by so many people. Um and if we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this um, in a little bit, but Emily is also a 2020 grad along with us. Um, so that's, uh, puts into context, like the missing out on senior year thing. We're with you there. Um, <laughs> out of curiosity, is there a reason that you always post TikToks at night? Is it like better for the algorithm or something? Or is that just like your habit? To be completely honest, it stems by, I would literally post TikToks the same day that I did that thing, um, because people wanted me to post so much. So I would be doing all of the labor and then it would come nighttime. I'd quickly edit a video and I'd post it. Um, and now it just kind of has gotten down to, even if that's not the case, which most of the time it still is because I'm super busy, but um, even if that's not the case, that's kind of become when people expect me to post. So I have a lot of people who say that they like come to my page at that time expecting a video. So I just want to make sure that people see it when they want to see it type deal at this point. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like the consistency, exactly. They know mm -hmm. when to expect it. Yeah. And you touched on this a little bit, but I was curious to ask you if you were getting any like negative comments or hate comments. And first of all, like what kind? Like are people saying like, oh, I don't like what you did with that space? <laughs> yeah. Or are they like criticizing you? Like I'm curious about that. And then also do those types of things bother you or have you kind of found a way to ignore them? They definitely bothered me in the beginning. I like when I first started getting them and I was still really sucked into my comments, I would go through and read them all and I'd be super offended and I'd try to like respond to people, but I I stopped that really quick because <laughs> it's really just not worth it. Um a lot of the if I do get hate comments, a lot of them revolve around either just the way that I chose to design, which I mean Everyone on the internet can become an interior decorator if they so fit think that they are. But <laughs> I think when it comes to the design elements, I know that I have a degree and I know what I'm doing and I know my parents. So I know 
what would look good in their space. So those don't really affect me. The ones that bothered me more was when people would say, well, you could do this without posting it online or what are your intentions behind this? Like, are you just using your parents or stuff like that? And I, <laughs> that bothered me. It bothered me at first, but I've come to the conclusion that it's like, I'm doing such an amazing thing for my parents that they couldn't do on their own. And I chose to share it online just on a whim and did not expect any of this. I was not doing this for clout. And at the same time, if any extra money was spent on this renovation, it was me paying for it for my parents. So I definitely didn't gain, I didn't gain any money from this. Obviously I've gained a following, but if anything, I spent my own money on this renovation. So I know my intentions and I know that these people just don't know me. So it really doesn't bother me. And on top of that, I honestly don't have time to read all of the comments anymore. I try to respond like within the first hour. I can interact with people and I can see what they have to say. But after that, usually the hate comments come later on. So <laughs> I usually honestly don't see them anymore. So that's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting because I listened to a podcast for the first time today um, called Middle Ground. And she is herself a creator on a lot of uh, different platforms one of the co-hosts and she said how she feels like on tiktok specifically she gets the most hate comments and mm-hmm. she thinks it's because like people don't get insight into your entire brand mm-hmm. um they really only see like these quick videos and most of the time it's just coming up on their for you page so they're not really like diving into you personally and like doing the research mm-hmm. on what you're like or seeing your older posts and things like that and so i just feel like there's so many trolls on like tiktok specifically compared to like all other platforms from what i've heard it's like it's interesting too that like a lot of them came I guess it's interesting but it's not surprising that a lot of them came like with design as well but like I don't know it's just so interesting to me because obviously design like there's so many ways you can design a home and design a space that like obviously not every single person is going to do it the same so I it'd be interesting to see into like people's minds of why they felt so compelled to like say like, I don't like the design you chose. Cause it's like, okay, <laughs> you can pick a different design for your yeah. house. But this is what I did for my parents. Or like yeah, the comments that are like, imagine they're going to hate it. It's like, like, <laughs> you're, like you're like, oh. what did it benefit you to spend the time to write that? <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, Kylie, I think that's a good point is like, it's almost like your sense of style. Like it's so personal to yeah. everyone. And of course, like Emily has an understanding for like the rules and like the the things that, you know, can go into like making a good aesthetic. But in the end, like everyone just has their own aesthetic. And if you don't like, I don't know, white walls, you just don't like white walls. And so um, I feel like it's something that is like so personal to the individual, even though there are like techniques and, you know, ideal rules surrounding it. I don't know if you would agree, Emily, with your background. Yeah, I mean, my background is, Also beyond, so I actually went to school for interior architecture. And so obviously I did do a little bit of studying of spaces and what they look like, but a big part of it was just the structural aspect, which a lot of people actually ask me about is how do you know how to do these things? It's like, I know what materials last longer. I know how the flow of a house should be. I know um, like what's inside the walls, like people who study nursing or something know the anatomy of the body. What I'd studied was the anatomy of a building. So I know kind of what goes into it. And so a lot of people ask me how I know how to do these different projects. And honestly, I didn't learn how to do a lot of the DIYs at school. A lot of it is 
research on my own, but I can use my previous knowledge to enhance them. So if someone online posted, oh, you can make a countertop out of this and it's super cheap, I would know in my brain, well, that wood's not going to last them more than two years. So I'm going to try this other type of wood and it will be better, but still cost efficient. So it's like, I know how to edit things. Mm-hmm. And also codes and regulations and stuff like that. But when it comes to the aesthetic side of things, um, obviously it's something that I learned on the side. But anyone can become like anyone can become an interior decorator. You don't need a degree to do that. So it does come down to opinion a lot if you have opinions on what decoration should be there. But when it comes to the design, you need a degree to know how all of that stuff works and how things fit together. So it is a lot of opinion for the surface level stuff. So I understand why people would not agree with it, but it's also not my own personal aesthetic. If I was to redesign an entire house with my own aesthetic, it would be colorful all over the place and there'd be yellow and there'd be funky mid-century modern furniture and stuff like that. But this is for my parents and they like black and white. They like neutral tones. So it's what worked out for them. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to see the place that you eventually get to make your own because I bet it'll be iconic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Um, I guess kind of circling back a little bit to, you know, TikTok and how it's evolved. So you ended up starting a YouTube channel as a result of your TikTok. And we know that like a lot of other crazy opportunities have kind of come your way since going viral on TikTok. So can you just talk about like how it's evolved beyond just that one platform? Yeah. So I... Never planned on making a YouTube channel. I just posted on making TikToks because they're easy, but I got so many requests to do a YouTube channel and I felt like I needed to because so many people wanted more in-depth tutorials and they wanted to see more information behind it. So that's kind of why I started the YouTube channel and also all of these rumors that TikTok is going to shut down (laughs) and all of that. I definitely wanted to still have a way to communicate with these people. I never in a million dreams expected for my YouTube channel to pick up at all. I thought I was just going to be someone who had a following on TikTok and then I'd have a small little YouTube channel where I'd post stuff for a few hundred people. And when I posted the reveal video, I actually didn't post it until really late at night because I didn't even know how to edit YouTube videos. And so it took me a long time. And then it also took me a long time to export everything that I totally didn't expect and so I really didn't expect anyone to see the reveal video truly I thought I was going to end up having to repost it on TikTok or something and I just went to bed and I woke up the next morning and everyone was texting me they're like I saw your YouTube video on the trending page go check it out I just saw it I think the highest that it hit was like number eight and I never got to see that I only saw number nine but I was actually like I don't want to use the word flabbergasted, but (laughs) I was like, I was shocked because I went to the trending page and I scrolled down and I was like, some of the people that were below me on the trending page were people that I've been watching since I was like a young child, like people that I have grown up looking up to and I'd watched their videos for inspiration and stuff. And it's like, it was insane to me because I thought that the trending page was reserved for like the top YouTubers or something. So when I saw that, that's kind of when my perspective changed a lot because it kind of grew beyond TikTok and I saw that people were willing to follow me to other platforms as well. So that definitely was like a 
ego change for me. I mean, I'm still, it still doesn't feel real to me, but it definitely made me feel a lot less insecure about everything that I was posting. I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe people actually want to see what I have to say. And it's not just like a fluke TikTok accident. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that was crazy. And once I posted the reveal video, I started getting all these DMs from these big companies like BuzzFeed and Lad Bible and a few that I can't even say yet, but they all wanted to post my content. And that was insane. I was hearing from talent agencies and different brands that wanted to work with me. And I couldn't even keep up with all of the emails. And all of a sudden, I get a text from one of our old friends, Abigail. <laughs> she oh, texted yeah. me and she was like, congrats on your feature. I was like, what What are you even talking about? And she sent me a link to the Apple News article that I didn't even know was happening. And that was super exciting for me. And then obviously just kept popping up everywhere, like on apartment therapy and stuff. And I heard from some different TV producers. And it's just like really crazy for me <laughs> because literally like Probably four weeks ago, I was thinking I was going to have to get a job at Target or something because my field is in shambles right now because of a recession and a pandemic and stuff. And so it's crazy that like not even a few weeks later, I have all of these different opportunities and I have to like decide what I'm going to do with my future with all of this. But there's definitely, I have a lot more projects coming up, so I'm super excited to share that with everyone. Obviously, I'm still working on my parents' house. I'm actually working on their office right now, and that's going to be a little bit of time. And then after that, they have whole other areas in their house that I can work on that I didn't get to during the initial reveal. So that's super exciting. My sister just moved into her first house and actually just recently, she gave me the go-to that I can come do whatever I want to it whenever. So (laughs) that's really exciting also. And obviously, like we mentioned before, Um, I want to move into my own apartment soon with Dylan. So that's going to be so many fun renter-friendly DIYs and stuff. But And also, I just started a series called DM DIY on my TikTok because I'm such a people pleaser and having all of these DMs that I haven't been able to get to has actually like killed me inside. I just want to help everyone. And it's been really tough for me to not have the time to go into everyone's projects like I want to. So I started the series that I can actually start helping people that DM me. I can help them with their little individual smaller projects, but virtually. And I can test it out myself so that they can get the advice that they need through the pandemic without me actually going and renovating their house or anything like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's in store. First of all, it's Funny that you say you had so much trouble editing the YouTube video because I personally thought and everyone that I showed the video thought it was like so well edited. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, it looked very legit. So definitely don't worry about that. Second of all, yeah, I saw the first of the DM DIY series and I love that idea. I feel like it's such a fun way to interact with your followers um, like in – what's that called? There's like a word for the type of relationships that people have with a lot of like online personalities. It's like, I just heard it for the first time today, actually. Let me find this. Well, I was going to say that it's crazy that you say four weeks ago, like when you really think about like four weeks is no time at all. And like your life was basically like flipped upside down. And I was even thinking, I listened to um, Addison Ray's TikTok podcast that she started with her mom. And she was saying how she posted her first TikTok in July of 2019. So a year ago, 
she posted her first TikTok and now she has like what? I don't even know how many TikTok followers she has, but she has like 25 million Instagram followers or something like that and like hangs out with the Kardashians. And I'm like, what do you mean? And we were talking about that on our last episode too. That's why I listened to it, but it's just crazy. Yeah. I started my TikTok account like at the end of April, like in that kind of range in April. 2020 because I had nothing to do after graduating so it's insane how much it's grown it's like TikTok is so great for its algorithm and yeah it's crazy I found the word you guys (laughs) (laughs) the word is parasocial so I heard it for the first time today and it's basically like a word to indicate the direction that most relationships with online personalities go it's like a one-sided understanding of someone's life so like you feel like you watch these youtubers and like you know so much about them but they literally don't even know you exist so what i was saying is like i feel like the dm diy series is like a really good way to kind of make that relationship a little less parasocial in the sense that like you get to interact back with them in a real and meaningful way yeah and it's crazy like the perspective because some of the people that message me and then i go respond to them because I want to use them for the series or I want to just help them beyond the series and just like hear about their house. I respond to them and they respond back like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you responded to me. Like this is a dream come true. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, am I special? (laughs) I feel like I'm just like a normal person who just graduated college. And I feel like you should not be viewing me this way, but it's just crazy to see, or I've probably been in that position for many different people in my life like if someone like Mr. Kate or something was to respond to my DM I'd probably react the same way but she's just a normal person it's just like it's crazy the way that people view people online when they really Mm -hmm. shouldn't because it should just be a normal interaction (laughs) yeah so that actually kind of helps transition us into our next question which is what is your life like now and how has this impacted your future post-grad plans. And I know you've kind of gotten into this, but what is kind of your plan now that you have this following to work with? Yeah. So I, um, obviously nothing feels real to me still. It still feels like I need to have something to fall back on actually today, but I'm actually signing on with my first talent agency right now. So I guess it's, I guess it's real now that I am actually getting onto a contract and I will not be getting a normal job, but I do see myself staying with this, at least during the whole pandemic and everything. There's not many other options for me at the moment to jump on to other jobs because my field in particular is just really not doing well with everything that's going on. So this is definitely a way for me to continue working on things that I personally enjoy working on instead of getting a job at the grocery store or something. It's something that I can continue working towards when I don't have other options. So right now I'm definitely invested in this and I'm working on growing it as much as I can. And if it comes to the point in the future that I'd rather have my own business or I'd rather go work at another firm, like my initial idea was, then obviously that's still a possibility too. I'm not going to say no to anything, but at the moment I'm definitely working towards what a digital lifestyle could be. (laughs) Well, congratulations, first of all. And (laughs) I feel like out of all of our friends, I feel like you've always kind of had like the most 
you and Abby actually have always had like the most entrepreneurial kind of like spark yeah. to you. And I feel like you've had like a lot of different kind of initiatives going even like throughout college, like you were doing um, designing like logos for people and you had that mm-hmm. Etsy shop going. And I feel like you have like worked so hard and, you know, like tried your cards at so many different things. So like, I'm so happy to see this one stick for you. And I feel like <laughs> it makes so much sense that like out of our whole friend group, like you're the one that got here. So um it's crazy to like how how quickly this could like turn into a viable path for you especially like you mentioned compared to like creators that you've been watching so long and I just feel like people love this type of content right now like you know like the kind of lifestyle and like home personalities are so huge like you think of like Joanna Gaines and like mm-hmm. HGTV people like love that stuff so it's cool to see you're like the yeah. new Chip and Joanna Dylan and <laughs> That's our joke. We're the we're the Walmart Chip and Joanna game because <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> they, they don't budget like we do. So we're definitely the Walmart version. You're like yeah, the, the off brand, the generic. <laughs> so I feel like it's kind of organically come up throughout the episode, kind of some background on your college experience and your major and everything. Um, but it's interesting to note that you didn't actually originally plan to start college as an interior design major. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's something that really only you guys know. It's something I never really talk about. So this is um, interesting. (laughs) I I was going to go to school for early education. And sometimes like close family members and friends like you guys know that that's what was going to happen. And so a few people have asked me like, what was that switch for? Um, Honestly, I boil it down to, I just don't think that people at the age of 18 should have to decide what their whole life is going to become at that point in time. I honestly had no idea what I wanted for myself at that point in my life. And I'm super, super glad that I had the confidence to switch before school even started because I knew that I really wanted to do art. And this is another like taboo thing is that I knew that I wanted to continue on with art. Obviously, we danced 24 7 and I took all of the art classes in high school and I knew that I wanted to do art but I didn't view it as a viable life path for me and that's super sad to like talk about I know that it's like it shouldn't be that way but that's how I viewed it and so I I accepted that I was going to work with kids because obviously I loved kids so I put that as my career path and then I started looking more into interior design and the field of architecture, and I was super interested in how not only was it kind of artsy, but it also had the whole math component to it. And I am like, I was a super math nerd also. I don't even know why, but I loved geometry. I loved math, and I always excelled in math in high school. So when I found out that architecture was kind of a mixture of those two. I feel like nobody ever really talks about architecture when they're talking about different career options. I feel like it's like nursing or teachers or stuff like that. And I never even like thought about architecture or interior design as like any sort of viable career path. But let me tell you, (laughs) if you're (laughs) going into interior design, it is a business of money. It's not something that you're going to go into interior design and then never be able to get a job. It is nothing like that. Obviously, right now with the recession and everything, it's a little bit different, but you can make so much money as an interior designer, even just at the start. It's so different from decorating. That's why I always stress the difference between the two, because if you don't have an education and you just want to become a decorator, obviously it's going to be hard to make a living. But when you go in for interior design, 
the knowledge that's behind all of it is super sought after, especially the different computer programs and stuff. So my college roommates, I had one of my college roommates was a nursing major and we were, we would always compare like the pays of like her internship positions versus mine and like the starting pays. And let me tell you, it was almost double for me, everything that she was talking about. So it's definitely a totally viable career option. I wish that it was talked about more often because then I wouldn't have gone through that, what I like to call quarter life crisis when I, when I realized I didn't want to be a teacher and I wanted to be like a boss girl who was in the city and I wanted to wear cool clothes and do funky things with buildings and stuff. So I think if I had known more about the field at that time, then I would have been able to make the decision sooner. But I'm definitely glad that I did my due diligence during that time and didn't just sit in the career because if I actually started school for teaching, it would have been even harder for me to switch. Yeah, I guess I just wish that it was more advertised and I wish that um, people didn't judge art majors so much. (laughs) It's funny because I feel like you and I are very similar both in like journey and opinion, because I was the same way I went in as an education major. For whatever reason, people that don't know what they want to do with their lives are like, education, I guess. It's, it's very <laughs> common. People are like, yeah. oh, you're really good with kids. You should work with kids. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was the same way because I was like, well, I want to study English, but everyone's telling me that if I study English, like I'm just going to be like unemployed for the rest of my life. So I guess <laughs> I'll tack on education and like hope for the best. But like it, Unfortunately, it takes a lot of courage to look at what you actually want to study and say, I'm going to do this anyways and like work from there. And I think obviously you have found major success on this platform because you have that knowledge and that talent to back you up behind it. I have been able to find a path towards law school that I'm really proud of and Mm -hmm. excited for. And we both did it out of, I guess, I don't want to say unconventional majors, but like majors that people are so quick to like kind of turn their nose up at and say like, Mm -hmm. well, what are you going to do with that? So like you can do it. Like you need to find where your interests and your skills intersect and you can turn that into something no matter what. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about on the podcast before how you can change your major and that's fine. You can go in without a major and that's fine. Like you're, you shouldn't be expected to know what you want to do with your life at 18. Like the number one question that I get, I see in my DMs is like, I want to do interior design, but how do you get a job in interior design? I'm like, girl, like you, <laughs> you don't even know. Like there's so many jobs. Like it's not, it's crazy how much you can do with an interior design or interior architecture degree. So I just, I just think it's so important for people to really look into whatever, even if it's not design, like any profession that they want to go into just to actually like research it before shutting it down because of what other people say because no one actually knows about a degree unless they got it themselves so yeah and I'm glad that you are kind of like starting to become such an advocate for this major and like this passion of yours because I feel like that would be a really cool way to like continue to use your platform as well as like to kind of try to like reduce that stigma and like educate people on a path that like worked so well for you and could be viable for them as well Um, so I think that would be really cool, but yeah, I love how you talked about like having to make such major decisions so young and like Kylie said, you know, it's okay to switch your major and it's okay to kind of distance ourselves from like the finality of decision-making and realizing it's always okay. And it's always valid to pivot if that's, what's right for you. And only, you know, what's right for you and that's how you grow. So, um, I'm really glad we could kind of end on that note, but with that, it's Mm -hmm. time for 
this or that. So if you guys <laughs> haven't listened to a guest episode before, this is how we end all of our guest episodes. And we're going to ask Emily five this or that questions. And she has no idea what they are. She has not seen this list. So it's going to be real <laughs> candid, we like to say. So Kylie, yes. why don't you kick us off? All right. So the first one is pastels or jewel tones? Oh, jewel tones. A hundred percent. Really? Definitely, yes. I love really bright. I mean, obviously my parents' house isn't necessarily my aesthetic, but I do really like bright white spaces with like pops of jewel tones, especially in emerald green. I really love it. (laughs) If you look at my like school portfolio, that's basically all of my designs were like bright spaces with pops of color and stuff like that. But I'm not a huge pastel person unless it comes to like pastel yellows and pinks with like the bohemian stuff. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's also my vibe as well. But I would definitely... For just design in general, I'd say um, jewel tones over pastels. Yeah, I thought you were going to say pastels because I feel like I always associate you with like that pale yellow. Yeah. yeah. I like a good mustard though too. So yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's any, fair. any shade of yellow I love. I'm a big yellow person, but for definitely design. Yeah, I'm not. I was going to say, I'm not surprised that you said jewel tones after you said like if you were doing your own space, you would do lots of like bright colors and things like that. Mm-hmm. All right. The next question is gold or silver? Oh, gold. I am a gold person. I know it's it's taboo. A lot of people are silver, but I only wear gold jewelry and I always try to design with gold as well because I actually, fun known fact, I don't like gray. And I know oh. I know that this is something that a lot of people really like, but I prefer beige and tan tones over gray. And so I never buy anything personally for myself that's gray. So I'm always working with gold and tan and stuff like that. It's just, I like the warm colors because it makes me feel happy. (laughs) Yeah, she's a warm tone gal. (laughs) I agree though. I'm gold over silver, especially for jewelry because obviously I'm not so much into the design, but I wear all gold jewelry. (laughs) I used to think that like, I used to be very, very fixated on this idea that like all of the metal accents within your outfit had to match. Like I would, I would literally like not wear a belt if it wasn't <laughs> going to match my earrings and things like that. And um, I feel like I've recently kind of got past that. Like I, I wear mixed metal rings now and stuff. And I feel like it just made my life a lot easier to like not be so concerned about it. But yeah. if all you have is gold, obviously that makes sense. Yeah, I'm definitely, it's taboo, but I do agree with mixed metals. Yes. Some people are really against it, but especially in design, I agree. I like mixing it up. So have a little fun, mix it up. (laughs) Um, So the next one is sweet snacks or savory snacks? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) This depends on my mood. I, I honestly probably have to say savory, but I know that a lot of my family members who are listening to this are going to hate on me for that. But it just depends on my mood, to be honest. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is stuck being cold all the time or stuck being hot all the time? Cold, for sure. I would just put on a sweatshirt or something. I I don't like being hot at all. <laughs> yeah. See, it's funny because I feel like I've had conversations about this with like my friends. I feel like it's kind of come up randomly. But I always feel like it's easier to cool down than it is to warm up. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like as far as like duration or like ease, I guess, like it's easier to like fan yourself or like mist yourself with water than it is to like Mm. bundle up and like get warm. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm just used to being cold. 
Like I have like I have Ren <laughs> is it called Renods or Renoids? I have I have that, so I feel like I'm just always cold and I'm always losing circulation and stuff. So that's just kind of the norm for me. You're like, I'm used to it. <laughs> that's my <what I> <laughs> Um, so then the last one is visit the past or visit the future. Definitely the future for sure. I'm very curious <laughs> about what's what's happening to me in the future. Um, definitely not the past. I yeah, I there's no reason. So like <laughs> you would visit yourself in the future. I'm trying to think like I guess like when we asked this, I wasn't sure if we were like thinking visiting like future you or just like visiting future society like are we talking like 50 years or like a thousand years like what's your ideal what's your ideal place (laughs) probably 50 years I'm not too interested in seeing the world come to turmoil (laughs) 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 but I'm interested in seeing how life would pan out for myself Mm -hmm. um, because I have no idea but I definitely with all everything that's happening to our world right now I don't I don't wish to see all of the things that will happen to our environment in the future or anything like that. Retweet. Um, but I'm not a huge history junkie, so I probably wouldn't go back. And I definitely don't want to go back to any area in my life. So <laughs> definitely go forward for me. I was just going to say, you're telling me you don't want to go back to when you called me Alfonso. Interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, but- it was simpler times, but <laughs> it was simpler times. <laughs> Um, I'm honestly very torn because part of me wants to say the past because at least I know what I'm getting mm-hmm. myself into when I go back there. And like, what if you visit yourself in the future and it's like not good? Yeah. I would stress about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you went past like what era would you pick? I would do the 20s, but only mm-hmm. for the 20s and then bounce at the recession. Fair enough. <laughs> I So I'm like really obsessed with the 60s and 70s as a decade Mm -hmm. I think they're like the most interesting era of American history and I'm really like I really vibe with that like counterculture movement so I think that would be interesting to see in person Mm -hmm. um but from like a I guess more like altruistic standpoint I think what would be valuable for me to do is to go back in time and like try to reverse a lot of the decisions made regarding like environmental stuff before Mm -hmm. it got too bad that was such a noble answer (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I just want to like I'm gonna go back and save the world (laughs) (laughs) all right well um i feel really good about this episode i feel like it was really fun to get to talk to you more about everything that's been going on because you know we've we've been in contact obviously but we haven't literally like taken a deep dive and talked about your life this past month so i'm really glad that we got to catch up and i feel like your listeners or your followers i suppose um are gonna get to see like a different more personal side of you with this episode too Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i was super excited when you asked me I had some other people were like will you be on our podcast I was like you know no I kind of want to wait I want to be on <laughs> I want to be on two degrees hotter I feel like that's in my future I feel like I want to start there and um spill all the tea on there so oh my god it's definitely exclusive. super exciting and you guys are doing this is so fun that you started a little podcast in your free time it's super fun and I love the style of it and you're getting some cool guests on here too so Including yourself. I was going to say, you're <laughs> one of them. Um, but yeah, you are definitely um, an, an integral part in starting because our yeah. cover art would be literally so bad if we tried to do it ourselves. Because so. we did try to do it ourselves. We did. And it was not <laughs> it. It was not We literally it. were like, this can't be so hard, like just tracing over faces. And then like we tried and we were like, oh, it can't oh, it's not good. that hard. <laughs> it can't affect. <laughs> so um, if you're not already 
following Emily on all of her social media. Do you want to tell us like all the places to follow you? I feel like there's a lot. Yeah. So on TikTok, I'm Emily Reyna, um, R-A-Y-N-A. <laughs> um, and then on Instagram, I'm Emily Reyna Designs and YouTube, also Emily Reyna. And I'm working on starting up a Facebook page and stuff like that because people are asking me to. But it would just all be under if you search Emily Reyna, you'll be able to find it. Perfect. Obviously, on my website, too, is emilyreyna.com. So. Nice. All the platforms. All <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as always, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Two Degrees Hotter. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, check out our Instagram, our TikTok, send in your suggestions and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And we will be back with another episode next week. Thanks so much, Emily. Yeah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys.